Welcome to Average Joe Meets the UK's Everyday Entrepreneurs, where we talk to all kinds of business owners across the country about how they got started and what it's really like to run their business, so that we can learn and be inspired to start something of our own. Jason Mavanga opened the doors to Temple of Strength in Penge High Street in 2019, and in that time, the boutique gym has quickly become a popular fitness venue with almost 500 active members. It's home to four personal trainers who rent his private gym to train their own clients and to a fitness studio where there's over 10 teachers running a packed timetable of yoga, meditation, Pilates and other exercise classes, including the very popular pole fitness class. Having outdoor space too was ideal for training during the pandemic and also as an option on hot summer days. However, this success did not happen overnight and Jason tells us how it took him seven years of planning and hard graft to get there and also highlights the value of a business coach to help him hold himself accountable on his journey. Hi Jason, welcome. Thank you. First of all, I've made sure we have some healthy snacks in your honour. Grapes, bananas, fruit bars (laughs) and no chocolate biscuits in sight. Lovely. So thanks for coming onto this podcast to share your story. It's notoriously difficult to build a business in the fitness industry that goes beyond selling your time as a PT. Yes. But you've managed to achieve that. You've got your own clients. Yeah. And that includes me. (laughs) You rent your own gym space to other PTs and your studio to all sorts of fitness and wellbeing classes. I'm sure that setting this up has not been without significant investment, risk, hard work, especially the upfront cost and time of securing premises. Oh, yes. So I'd love to know your story yeah. and how it all began. Okay, how did Temple of Strength begin? I've always wanted to work in the fitness industry. My family's always been involved in sports. My dad used to play football. My uncles used to train. <clears throat> but after uni, I went into, you know, like most people, your nine to five job in the office. I quickly found out that it wasn't the environment for me. Uh, couldn't wait till five o'clock hit, ran out of the office, go straight to the gym, that was my thing. And it wasn't until an ex of mine actually pointed out the fact that I probably spend more time in the gym than I do anywhere else. And she basically said to me, you're not happy doing these jobs. Why don't you do something you love? And thought about it for a while. And then I decided that I'll go into personal training. Now the journey itself was difficult, like anything. We become comfortable in what we do. And to break that is very, very difficult. And for me doing nine to five job, I was worried about my salary. You know, yeah. obviously you're getting a pay at the end of the month. If you call sick or whatever happens, you get paid. But working for yourself, you don't have that safety net. You know, it all's on you. But I was quite determined to do it. So one of the best things I ever did was I went to see a life coach. So the life coach sat me down, asked me what I wanted. Basically, she asked me what my end goal was and I told her. So we worked backwards. We said, right, this is your end goal. And the this end goal is... was to work in fitness or to... My end goal was actually to have my own studio. Okay. That was always my end goal. So even before I even stepped foot in the gym, my vision was to have my own place. So that's why I went to the life coach. How do I achieve this? You know, sometimes we have dreams. Um, we want to follow a particular path, but you sometimes need an expert to help you put things in place to be, you know, for, for you to be able to achieve that dream. And she was fantastic for me. You know, we so she was worth down. the investment? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'll probably say she's worth the investment 10 times over. 
because what she did is she gave me a structure she gave me a plan uh, we worked out that for me to own my gym I needed a particular set of money and and then we break it down into a year and then we broke it down into a month then we broke it down to a week then we broke it down into how much do I need to charge per person per hour you know and how long it would take me so I had a seven-year plan in order to get my money together to open up my own studio what I didn't want to do is you know this is not this is this is just for me this is not for everybody what I didn't want to do is go to the bank and get some money okay because I didn't want to have that financial burden sitting on my head I mean let's face it when you're going to a new business you don't know if it's going to be successful so I didn't want a business to fail and also have the loan on my head from the bank so I said that if I'm going to lose my money it's going to be my own money at least I know that it's my money and I don't have to worry about something else so I started saving I had a particular target I needed to save every month and I hit that target whilst you were working full-time whilst I was working full-time so what I did is once I've seen a life coach then I went into the gym and I went straight into the gym as a as a uh, most of you that works in the in the personal training industry you would know that there's two there's two types of trainers there's the one that's employed by the gym that do the hours and there's the one that paid rent I went straight into paying rent I never worked for the gym because I didn't want to be comfortable working for the gym you you know that's just my opinion it's not you know it's not everybody's opinion for me working for the gym you become comfortable you don't really move somewhere else because it becomes a bit of a fear to pay that extra money to pay rent and to move into a different sort of setup but I wanted to be in a different setup I didn't want to be working for the gym I wanted to work for myself have my own clients train them when I wanted and leave when I wanted is that were you still working in your, your no I quit my job oh you quit no, that okay, by this so time I already quit my job uh, by the time I went to see a life coach I wasn't working so I wasn't it was probably three months where I wasn't actually working because I, there was actually a course so when I did my training the course for personal training was a three months course every day in a classroom environment reading studying so you couldn't work and do the course it was literally impossible so it's an expensive time because obviously you have no income coming in but you're spending money going to the course feeding yourself looking after yourself for three months period it, it was it was tough but it was one of the best decisions i made after the course i went straight into the gym introduced myself got loads of clients to start off with and that's when i started i will I, i'll probably say that i wasn't lucky i'll say that it's hard work uh, in a sense that i was in the gym every day at six o'clock in the morning i was the first one in i was the last one out you know and that helped me build up a lot of clients because it's easy when people see you on a regular basis to start to associate with the gym. You know, people will come in at six o'clock in the morning, I'm in the gym. They'll come in at six o'clock in the afternoon, I'm in the gym. Yeah. They'll come in at eight o'clock, I'm still in the gym. You know, I literally start getting comments, you practically live here. <laughs> well, I was trying to build a business, so I had to live there. So you have to put the effort in. So I did that for, I worked for uh, LA Fitness until LA Fitness shut down. Then I moved to LA, uh, then I moved to, sorry, then I moved to Pure Gym, worked for Pure Gym until I moved and set up Temple of Strength. And all that time at LA Fitness and Pure Gym, you had your eyes on your own studio. Always had my eyes on the price. Always had my eyes on the price. So every year I would look at how much money I've managed to save and how can I save more. Um, when I got to a stage where I probably got three quarters of the amount I needed, I started looking for spaces. So I wanted to get an idea of roughly what kind of space I need, where the space would be. Uh, start looking at different aspects in terms of what the logo of the business would be, uh, what would my branding look like. 
So I started to think ahead, you know, and you have to think ahead because it's obviously, it's a, it's a process, it's a long process. And the only way that process works is if you have a checklist, mm-hmm. you know, you go through a checklist, it's like, right, have I done this? Check, have I done that? Check. And it makes, it gives you more confidence because you're like, right, okay, I can do this, I can do this. And the closer and closer you get to your dream, you get to realise all the work you've put behind is actually worth it, you know. So put the process in place, started looking at places. Uh, some places weren't right, some places were right, but I didn't get them because somebody else got there. Um, and then I found the right place. It was a perfect location in Pench, not far far away from where I worked in Sydney. Uh, my clients can get to me. And it was an up-and-coming area as well because Penji is sort of the lower part of the back of Crystal Palace Park. So you had this spillover for the people living in Crystal Palace that can no longer afford to live in Crystal Palace. So people want to move in Crystal Palace that can no longer can't afford Crystal Palace. Then they'll spill into Penji, they'll spill into Sydney. And these are, you know, these are, I call them middle people, you know, so the middle management, middle class and middle age. You know, so those are those <laughs> the are middle the, people. The middle people. Those are my clients. Sounds like me. <laughs> Perfect, right? Exactly. So I moved into. I knew my client very well. Uh, then I found a place in Penge, and obviously this is when the <laughs> uh, the hard work begins. When you obviously got the place. And can I ask about? Sure. You know, a lot of these businesses where you take on premises. What sort yeah. of costs, considerations? Do you have a landlord? Do you have to pay or? Yeah, so the way it works is when you want to set up your own place, there is, there's two ways. You can have a rental, you can buy a commercial property, right? Uh, buying a commercial property is probably a lot cheaper than buying a property where you live in, for example. Oh, right. Or you can pay a, land, a landlord. So um, I decided to go to the route of paying a landlord, got the lawyers involved. I'll always say, get everything in writing. There's one thing I've learned in this process is have everything you want if you're renting a property if you have an agreement with somebody whatever may be any agreement you're having with somebody have it done in writing because whenever there's a dispute you can't dispute what's on paper you know it's black and white and you both signed it so i went down the route of the landlord so do you have to agree to a number of years yeah so i had a five-year lease with my landlord Uh, within that five-year lease we agreed uh, the first six months break clause only because you don't know what's going to happen to your business. You don't know how successful you're going to be. So that is a six-month break clause in my contract. Then I had a three-year break clause, and then I've got a renewal at the end of the five-year period. I'm happy to say that I've been in my business now for three years, which is good, so it's going pretty well. Once you get the landlord in place, you get a contract in place, then you get the solicitors in place, obviously, to agree your points in your contract, you know, what you want in your contract, who's in charge of paying for certain things. So this is where clarity is really important. What are you in charge of paying for? What the landlord is in charge of paying for? You know, what does your contract cover? How long does it cover? What are the sort of pitfalls? What are the small print? So you really need to understand all of these different points because they all have a massive impact in your business because each of these points equals money, you know? So for example, if there was a little bit of a, a, a small print where it says that you are responsible for the roof for example and let's say we had a storm and uh the roof is blown away you are responsible for paying for the roof and that could be eight thousand pounds ten thousand pounds you know and if your business is to get a good lawyer yes it's definitely important it's definitely important to get somebody that knows commercial contract properly you know that can make sure that it covers every single point now it's easy for me to say that now because i've got a business 
But when you're doing it, there's so many different things that you have to take into account. Some things are going to slip through the cracks, you know. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that I started this and it's the perfect business. I mean, there's certain things I thought I never should have paid for that because I don't actually need it or I should have really never used that person. So there are going to be pitfalls where you're going to lose money, but it's just part, it's, it's just part and parcel of running a business. It's part and parcel of, of the steep learning curve of becoming a business owner. And becoming an expert in lots of different things. Exactly. So you have to put on different hats, you know. Uh, I am a cleaner. <laughs> I am a personal trainer. I'm a manager, I'm a, a class teacher. You literally put on different hat when you run your own business. Which I suppose is part of the fun. It is part of the fun. I and wouldn't part have of any, the stress. <laughs> yeah, literally both. I wouldn't have it any other way. I love my job. I love what I do. I love my clients. I love the way it makes me feel. I mean, it's so important to do something you love because it, it's not a job. You know, for me, I find it, I wake up every morning and I've created my own playground, so to speak. You know, I train in my own studio. I take my dog to work. Uh, my clients bring the dog to work. Uh, my clients, what well, you know, bring the kids to bring the, to, bring the children <laughs> yeah, to my studio. I should say that um, I had a good period of time with Jason <laughs> and my son in the gym, which is quite impressive. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it, it's, it's an environment I've created to share with the people I like, you know. And every day for me, I, I, every day for me is a blessing because I don't wake up thinking that I hate my job. That's you know? great. So, so coming back to you, you managed to get the premises and you had a negotiation, you had the lawyers yeah. and then you, you had your premises, but I guess you could bring quite a lot of your clients straight away into your new space. Yeah, that was one of the things that I made sure was going to happen as I'm, as I'm making a transition from the, uh, from the gym into my own studio. How easy was it for me to transfer my clients from one place to another? Because when you're setting up a business, you need that influx of money to begin with initially, right? Because you've spent so much money. Um, for me to set up the studio, it probably cost me about £80,000, right? Okay. So you're talking about... That's you know, capital investment in decking it out. capital investment in decking it out. That's even before you start getting any money coming in, you know? Things you have to take into account is... is changing the studio how you want it to look this you want to create a particular what was, space what was the premises before it used to be a doctor surgery okay right so it used to be a doctor surgery split into four different sections and i wanted it knocked out completely and i wanted to create two sections so i wanted to create the front bit where it's purely for personal training and the back of the studio where all the classes are run things like yoga pilates bar uh, dance class uh, female self-defense class stretch class, meditation class. So I wanted to create a mini hub of health and fitness. That's right? so where everybody can come and, and get whatever they're looking for in terms of health and fitness, some advice, some training, whatever it may be uh, in terms of health and fitness. They can I mean, I come and ask Temple of Strength and then we'll be able to help. So we split the studio into two, as I mentioned, front part of the PT, back part was the studio, and also take into account what people need. You know, people are going to come in to train. They might need to have a shower to go to work. So I wanted to make it easier for my clients to come in without giving them any excuse. So I can't come in because I have to go to work and I have to go home and have a shower and then go back to work. So we created a shower. So I put a shower in and put a toilet in. I've got a lovely garden. So in the summertime, uh, most of the classes done outside in the garden, uh, which is fantastic. And I suppose helped in the pandemic as well. It did help in the pandemic, yeah. It was a strange time for most people and most businesses you had to adapt so obviously we couldn't have people coming into the studio to do the courses and you lost a lot of money in that sense 
So how do you diversify? So we diversify by start selling quality healthy food. You know, we started making food, which we sell to our clients. That kind of took away some of the pain from missing out on people not coming in and be able to do the classes. Personal training, we moved online. So we started doing a lot of stuff online. When you can do face-to-face personal training uh, by keep moving the distance, obviously I had the garden, so I can train people in the garden. My garden was decked out, I had pretty much all the equipment. So in a sense that it didn't really, the pandemic had an impact, but it didn't have an impact at the same time because we just moved things to a different format. You know, we started doing things And when you say we, is that you and your sort of team of PTs? But you, I mean, essentially it was you on your own. Yeah. Well, when I initially got the business, I had a business partner. Okay. So we set up together. Uh, We set up the business together. But as you know, in business, sometimes things don't work out as you plan. So it didn't work out as we wanted. And and I thought to myself that I can actually run this business how I want it, you know. So I bought her out. Um, so she left. She went to set up on her own. And I've been running the business ever since by myself for the last, I'll probably say, year and a half. And it's going pretty well, to be honest with you. I don't actually think I need a business partner. I can actually run the business by myself. It's my vision. It was my dream. So I want to live that dream. So now you've got your business yes, and it's ticking along. You've managed the pandemic. Yeah. How are you growing that business and diversifying now? So looking at the business, when we first got Temple of Strength, it was just myself and my business partner. So we were the only two trainers. We probably had maybe three, four teachers, I'd probably say. Since the pandemic is over, since I bought her out, we've gone from me and her being a personal trainer I've actually got four personal trainers working in the studio I've gone from having three four teachers to having 10 teachers the class numbers have increased from I think it was sort of 10 to sort of 25 classes so everything is doubled right you know? and does that include revenue <laughs> uh yeah you put yeah I mean it has a, it has a massive impact you know the, you increase the number of people coming into the studio you increase the number of classes, you will also increase the, the revenue coming into the business. What I want to do is work a particular set of hours every week and manage the business some of the time and then spend the other time living a quality life. That's that's the whole point of having your own business, you know, is doing the things that you want to do outside the business. Rather know? than working all Rather hours than working of the day. All the hours. That's exactly that. So... I want my business to work for me rather than me working for my business. But also keep on personal training as well. Keep on personal training. I love personal training. I'm not going to stop. I enjoy helping people, getting them from the point where it came to me, where it could be a confidence thing, it could be a weight thing, whatever it may be. And watching people go on that journey or going on, going on a journey with somebody and then to the point where they're saying, right, I've actually think I'm okay now. I can go off on my own, you know. Um, it's it's great to see that. It's great to see people coming in smiling all the time. It's great to see, you know, you literally are beasting somebody, and at the end of it, they're so happy. <laughs> think, fact, how how are you so happy when I just put you through torture? Exactly, you know, the puddle of sweat on the floor, but extremely happy. You know, it's just got, it's because of physical health is so important. Physical health is linked to mental health. You work out, you go for a run, you do any form of physical activity, you find that your mental health improves along with it. You know, those two goes hand in hand. So I think physical activity is important for everybody to do. If I can help somebody on a journey, even better. 
and I don't I, I don't find I don't think I'm a typical personal trainer I'm not your typical personal trainer where you go to you say I want to lose weight can you train me yes I can do that but I like challenging clients I like clients who've had a hip replacement for wow. example at the moment I'm working with a lady who's got a neurological disease you know where she can't take two three steps without her legs start shaking so how do you combat that you know I'm working with a kid who's playing football but who's grown up like you know really shot up very quickly so there's a slight imbalance in the muscles how do you strengthen those so those are the type of cases I like I like things or cases that make you think a little bit outside your box you know uh, makes you think beyond your basic training as a personal trainer i forgot to mention actually most personal trainers are level three i'm actually level four personal qualified personal trainer and i'm a life coach at the same time and i just like increasing my knowledge i like to understand how the body works what makes us tick how do you fix this or how do you repair that so and i think that's why my clients are stuck with me you know i've had certain clients i've been ten, training for 10 years you know and they still come every day um, temple of strength creating temple of strength and that's giving them an environment where they feel a lot more relaxed I mean let's face it gyms are quite intimidating you know walking into the gym especially if you've never trained before uh, you walk past you see people lifting weights and grunting and sweating and you're thinking I'm not going in there my approach is the studio that I create is a bit different you know we've, I've got a dog who's a beagle and she sits by the door and works on everybody you know when people walk past you see a dog at the door you stroke the dog then you feel like asking questions. I think she's probably the best marketing tool you've got. She's (laughs) definitely the best marketing tool that I've got, but she's also my companion. Yes. Um, She's one of the best decisions I've made, along with Temple of Strength and Temple, my dog. Those are one of the two best decisions I've made in the last, I don't know, forever, probably so. (laughs) (laughs) You're really active on Instagram as well, and and I know you work in the community to sort of build, Mm -hmm. build your profile. Yeah. Do you find that a challenge or again, is that something that just comes naturally because it's your business and your passion? Everything to do with your business is a challenge because there's so many things to do, right? Let's face it, social media takes up a long time, you know? To write a post takes up a lot of time. If you don't have a lot of time, then it becomes difficult, but it's so important because people want to know what you're doing, you know, how the classes are going, what you're selling, um, what is your branding? So social media is important. I mean, unfortunately, I can't do every single one of them. But for me, I find it things like Instagram works for me. You also have to understand your clientele very well. You know, as I mentioned before, I know my clientele are in the middle. And I'll probably say 80% of my clientele are female. So most of my clientele are 80% of them are female. They're probably from the age of 35 to 45. They probably have sort of middle management, either they're lawyers, barristers, directors, those type of positions. And they usually have either no dependency or maybe one dependency. So they've probably have a bit more disposable cash. And I find those people tend to stay with me for a long time. So those are the type of people I target on social media, you know, trying to get them to have a look at what we're doing. And also the classes in the studio is designed to attract these people, you know, so for example, bar class bar class is not your typical class you find in most most gyms but we provide bar class another class could be like a meditation class we do you know everybody's stressed especially now this time where we've just come out of the pandemic and then we're changing how we're living our life and then you've got the cost of living crisis then you've got the mortgages going up and then we've got the war in ukraine they just seem to be bad news on top of bad news on top of bad news 
And what I wanted Temple of Strength to be is to be a hub away from bad news. You come in for, for an hour and for that hour, all you think about is yourself. You know, let's face it, most, like I mentioned, most of my clients are female. Female are the worst of looking after themselves. You tend to look after somebody else first. You either look after your partner first or you look after your kid first and then you are last. But Temple of Strength wants you to be first. You know, put yourself first, look after your health, give advice on nutrition. And that's the direction I want you to go. You know, you come first when you walk in here. We look after you just like you look after everybody else. Yeah. And so you, you're sitting here so nice and calm. You've got your business and it's going brilliantly. Mm. Were there any moments along the journey where you thought, I've made a mistake or this is really, really tough? Uh, what was that moment? Or if there were any, or did you have this sort of resilience that said, I'm, I'm going to get through it and I'll... I am mentally resilient. I'm I'm mentally tough. I like to think, and I think that if you're gonna be, if you're planning on setting up your own business, you have to be mentally tough, because there's loads of time where people are saying, "What are you doing?" You know, that's crazy things you're doing. Now, for me personally, I don't know any people in my circle of personal trainers that I know that I've gone and set up their own studio. So it was there was nobody I can kind of go to and say. Hey, like a mentor, it? yeah, like something. a mentor. It's like, hey, what process did you take? And there was nobody like that. So everything I was doing, it was sort of some of it was fumbling in the dark because I was trying to figure out which way to turn, where to go. And there were times where I'm thinking, oh my god, this is this is a lot. It's it's, it's overwhelming, and especially when you spent five, six, seven years saving up. So and, I had, and a, you still think basically you've got to save up hundred grand yeah that's all amount yeah. yeah you know and when you've got that kind of money in the bank you're pretty comfortable because you're thinking that any, anything happens i'm sort of i've got a bit of backup you know for example if i can work for six months i can pay my rent for six months you know whatever happened i've got a bit of money in the, on the side all of a sudden when you're setting up your business uh, i'll tell you the process it took for me so we f- we found a place, we like the place, we agree with the landlord that, yeah, we're going to take the place. And then the solicitors got involved. So as soon as the solicitor got involved, before anything was done, three and a half thousand pounds you had to pay, right? So it's like, okay, so there's three and a half thousand pounds for the solicitor to get involved. 97 grand left <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the kitty. And then after the solicitor got involved, you signed a contract and you got the work, the workman coming in, and the workman turns around and goes, turns around to you, and goes, right, okay, we're going to start. We need to do this. You need to give me thirty grand right now. I mean, it's you spend three thousand pounds, then you spend thirty thousand pounds. It's it's a lot of money to be just taking out. You know, when you're saving, you're not saving three and a half grand at in one go. You're not saving thirty grand. And in that one takes go. years, as you say. Exactly, but all of a sudden, in a flash, that's gone out of your account. So that can a little bit, that can be a little bit unsettling, right? But Trust your process, you know, trust the, trust the process you've put in place, trust the decisions you're making, um, just go back and just evaluate the decision you've made. So what I used to do on a daily basis, I'll go back and I'll sit down and I'll like, right, okay, I've spent money on this, what was it for? Is it worth for? Yes. Um, what's, what's happening next? I kept a close eye on everything that was, that was bought for the studio, what was needed, where I could, I cut corners. You know, I'll give you a prime example. When I worked for LA Fitness and LA Fitness was transitioning to Pure Gym, they had a flooring, gym flooring. And and I think underneath the gym flooring, they had wooden flooring. So the wooden flooring was cracked. So they had to take off the top layer 
of the the flooring so they can get in, they can get down and fix the the cracked wood but instead of recycling the top layer they decided they were going to throw away and i was like well no <laughs> can i have it and they was like yeah sure you can have it so i took all those flooring wrapped them up and stored them for about a year until i got my <laughs> own place and when i got my own place i moved the flooring i got from the gym and i put it into my place and that flooring is in my place till now now, if I went to buy the same flooring to cover the entirety of the studio that I own, it would have cost me £15,000. So I saved myself £15,000 by just spending a day picking up the floor. I mean, it was hard work because each one of these rows of flooring you're picking up is probably maybe about 50, 60 kilos. And I had maybe seven, eight of them, carrying them by myself, putting them in the back of the car, driving to the storage place, putting them in a storage, come back and pick up again. It was a workout, but it saved me £15,000. Yeah, so definitely worth it. Yeah, definitely worth it. So it's just those little things, you know. When LA Fitness was shutting down, I said, what are you going to do with the weights? They're like, well, we're probably going to get rid of them. So I took those weights and I stored them. And I've got them now in my studio. Brilliant. You know, so I didn't have to spend ridiculous amount of money kitting out my gym with the weight. So at the moment, I mean, I've got 400 kilos worth of weight and I'll probably say 200 of them came from the gym where I worked, yeah. you know? So it saved me pretty much half in terms of weight of what I needed to spend. So it's just looking at different ways where you can save money, working with people that you know that work in a particular field that can help you. Networking and connecting is probably one of the best ways you can, you can go about doing, trying to do different things. Brilliant. Thanks, Jason. If your life is pretty much how you want it, Mm. because your work is, is it, are you satisfied with your life right now? Is there anything more you want out of your business that's going to provide you with more fulfilment in life? You mean you have a great income, you've got quality of time. Is there anything more you're seeking or is it just more of the same? I'm thinking of diversifying my business. I'm thinking of going to something completely different. So Temple of Strength working in the last three years has enabled me to also save a bit more money. (laughs) What's your driver for for diversifying? Is that just to build more of a kingdom for yourself? Yeah, pretty much. Just to build more of an... You've got time to do something different. Yeah, just just to do something different. But probably something to do with health and fitness is something to make people feel good, you know? I was thinking maybe opening up some sort of nutrition shop alongside Temple of Strength, uh, maybe Temple Nutrition. I'm thinking of, I'm just having different ideas at the yeah. moment. I think that what, at the moment what I'm doing is I'm holding on to my cash. Yeah. Um, only because the market at the moment or the economy is a little bit unstable, right? I just want to see what how this year ends. And then next year I'll make an informed decision based on all the information I have of how I'm going to move forward. But yeah, I don't, I don't like sitting still. I think that being comfortable is the worst position you can be in because when you're comfortable, you don't actually want to change anything. You know? You're comfortable in your home, you're comfortable in your job, you're comfortable with the way you look, you're comfortable in the clothes you're wearing, you're comfortable with everything. And that's the danger, you know, is you need to challenge yourself. You need to take yourself out of that comfort, comfort box or that comfort level you're at and improve. That's where you want to improve, right? You know, if you go to the gym and you train for an hour, you use exactly the same weights, use exactly the same machine, you eat the same thing, 
you're not going to change. Your body's just going to look the same. There's not going to be any improvement. But when you change it, and you start, instead of training for an hour, you train for, let's say, 45 minutes, and you increase your intensity from 50 to 80, you see a big difference. But that's taking you out of your comfort zone. So it's, it's about improving and uh, taking that next step forward. And also just, you know, because you want to look back and say, what did I do? <laughs> you know, what on your what, deathbed? <laughs> what's my legacy? Yeah. You know, what did what what did I leave behind? You know, uh, I've got kids, and I'm thinking, well, you know, how do I make it for them? How do I make it easier for them? And also, you're an example for your children. You know, your children are looking at you, thinking, what did mum or what did dad do with their life? You know, how did they go about doing things? You know, uh, and I think that makes a big difference. When your children see that you're a hard worker your children are likely to be more hard workers. When you go into a particular field you enjoy, your children probably likely to follow you in that field. So it's about setting an example um, to my children to start off, but it's also proving a point to me that I can do it, you know? I'll give you a bit of background. So I'm not actually originally from here, you know? I was born and raised in France. I couldn't speak English when we first got here. I got here when I was 14 years old. We had no help, <laughs> you know? Everything we had to do, we have to do on our own back. So that's always been that drive. My mum has been my drive, you know, it's keep pushing, see what else you can achieve, keep pushing, see what else you can achieve. And that's just, that's just been in me ever since I was young. It's just that constant drive in trying to achieve the next thing, you know. But I think that my, my drive is not so much about, it's not monetary. My drive right. is, is more experiences and experience yes um i love different experiences you know and i love being able to do things that i didn't think i could do you know i'm very competitive and i think that being a business owner you have to be competitive i don't like losing and for me achieving things makes me happy you know trying different experiences makes me happy because he opens up your mind, he opens up your mind into broader way of thinking. You think completely differently, like traveling, for example. When you travel, you see the world in a completely different way. When you become a business owner, you also see business in a completely different way. So yeah, that's my motivation. My motivation is experience, and obviously the money helps. Helps have the experience. Yes. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Jason, for sharing Pleasure. your story. And I hope that the Temple of Strength carries on going from strength to strength. We'll be here for another 10, 15, 20 years. Okay, <laughs> lovely. I'll carry on training for another 10, 15 years then. Lovely. Thanks very much. No worries.